everything that you need is made available to you, but you have to have faith. You have to believe. I'm going to believe that God will come through for me. I believe that God cares. I don't care how crazy this thing looks. I know that he is God, that he loves me, that I am his child, that he's gonna provide, that he's gonna make a way, that he is more than enough. She, her faith was in action. She could have just said, okay, yeah, I have faith that he's gonna heal me, but she stood on the side. She stood where all the unclean people were supposed to be. No, she said, I know he will heal me, so I'm gonna press through. Her faith moved her through that crowd, touched the Messiah, and she got healed. And that's the type of faith that we have to carry. That's the type of faith that, that makes demons flee. about you, but I'm ready to walk in victory. You got to know who you are. You got to know what God says about you. And don't you let anybody tell you otherwise. You stand on the word of God. Word of God. The word of God. We thank you and praise you for being a loving, a powerful, and an awesome God. And Father, we thank you right now for the anointing that you've already established in Tia. Thank you, Father, for what you're going to just pour into her on this evening, that it will be a blessing to every hearer. Father, we thank you that the revelation of your word would just unfold even deeper. And Father, that once we're done with this meeting on tonight, that we understand truly what your compassion means in our lives and what you intend for us to do when it comes to compassion and having it and showing it towards your, our sisters and brothers in Christ. And Father, we thank you for just the blood of Jesus that covers this meeting on tonight. Thank you, Father, for every heart being receptive, ready, cultivated to receive your word. And again, Father, we thank you for Tia and just her obedience and her commitment to be a blessing, not only to your children, but to you, Father. And we give you praise, glory, and honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Aranda. Thank you so much. Okay, so let's go in. We're going to go to Hebrews 4. We're going to be um, in this chapter for a little bit, and then we're going to move over to the Gospels. I'm going to be reading out of the NIV and the, not the NIV, the NLT and the Amplified. Okay, so here we go. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us just as they did. And he's talking about the Israelites just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. And I want to read to you what the Amplified says there. It says, because it was not united with faith in God by those who heard. So we're talking about the rest of God, the rest of God. God's resting place is, is a result of his compassion. His, uh, God's rest is us being in a place of peace with him, us being a place where we can trust him, where we're not doing the works. We're not doing the effort. We're not controlling, but he is in control and we trust him. So what they're saying, if you go back to Hebrews 3, it talked about how, you know, the Israelites did not enter into God's rest because they did not trust him. They did not obey him. And we're going to we're going to see that soon. So how do we enter into this rest? Let's continue to verse three. Now we who have believed entered that rest. So that's how you enter into the rest of God. We believe. So now we who have believed entered that rest, just as God has said. So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. On the seventh day, God rested from all his works. And again, in the passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. Therefore, it still remains. So his rest is still available. It said it still remains for some to enter that rest. And since those who formerly have the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience. So and the Amplified says failed to grasp it and did not enter because of their unbelief 
evidenced by obedience, their unbelief evidenced by disobedience. I'm sorry. So their disobedience showed that they did not have belief. What they did showed that there was lack of faith. That's good. So God, again, set a certain day, calling it today. This he did when a long time later, he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted. Today, if you hear his voice, so if you hear his voice, his word, if you hear his word, do not harden your hearts. So don't read it, but not believe it and not obey it. You hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And that's what the Israelites did. They heard his voice. God led them out of Egypt, led them to the promised land. And on that journey, they were not obedient. They, after all that God had did, they set, God had set them free, yet they, their hearts were still hardened. They wanted a leader. They didn't trust him. They get to the promised land and now they're doubting. It's like all that God had did for them. And that hurt God's heart. And let's continue verse eight. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains, so there remains still, then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works. And I underline that. They rest from their works. So their efforts, their control, their way of doing things, our efforts, our control, our way of doing things, we rest from that. We don't do that anymore, just as God did from his. Let us therefore, verse 11, let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. And I love that verse. Let us therefore make every effort. So there's a part that we have to play in this and entering God's rest, but it's not a physical part. It's not us doing things and trying to, it's us believing, us having faith. And it says, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. So we know that if we hear God's word and we don't obey God's word, we're following in the example of disobedience. So we have a responsibility for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Oh my gosh. And the Amplified says this, for the word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energizing and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit, the completeness of a person, the soul and the spirit. We have a soul, we have a spirit, and we are also body, the completeness of a person. So the word of God is sharper and it penetrates and it divides our soul and our spirit of both joints and marrow. And then it says the deepest part of our nature exposing, and this is, I, I underline this one, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of our heart. That's what the word of God does. So it separates our soul from our spirit. And we're going to see that in a little bit when we go over to the gospels, an example of that, but it judges our very thoughts and our intentions. How does the word of God do that? By our result, by our actions. If we hear his word, and we obey his word, then the result of that is either going to line up with the word of God or it's not. So the word of God will expose and judge where we are. What's in our hearts? Do we really want to please God? Do we really want to make him proud or are we operating in our own agenda? So verse 13 says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. He sees everything everything on the outside and everything on the inside. See, man looks at the outer appearance, but God looks at the heart. So he knows. And it says, everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. That's God. So everything is out. Everything is uncovered. So he knows. So we can have lip service to God's word. We can say we know it, but, it, but he knows what's in our heart. He knows if we have faith, 
He knows if we believe, he knows it. And we should run from that. We want God to expose and to show us and to judge us. So, cause we know he's a loving father. So the way that he does it, it's for our good. It's not to punish us. It's not to destroy us. It's to make us more like him, to be made in his image. So we don't run from him. We take his disciplines. We uncover all of the stuff that we are dealing with before our father. And we let him do it in us by the Holy Spirit, which produces the good things things inside of us by his spirit. Okay, so let's go on to verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. So we say it, but we must believe it. We have to hold on to this faith firmly. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. And I think initially when I read that, like, yet he did not sin, I, I initially thought, you know, physical, physical sins, you know, the stealing, the lying, you know, the stuff like that. But it made me think of, there's a verse in Romans 14, 23 that says whatever is not faith is sin so jesus had faith he went through all of that he was uh, he was god made flesh he came to the earth what does it say he empathized with our weaknesses so he felt the bible talks about that he had sorrow he he was rejected he's been through all the things that we've been through yet he did not lose faith yet he still believed he got to a place that he said, Father, this is not your will. Take this cup from me, but not my will, but your will be done. He felt those infirmities, but yet he did not sin. And I take that as whatever is not from faith is sin. So whatever is done with doubt is sinful is what the Amplified says. So all the things that we go through that we physically go through here on this earth, we should be like Christ and still have faith. Because whatever we do in doubt, we're sinning. And I, I love to love that. Okay, so verse 16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. So that means faith. Let us approach the throne of God, God's throne of grace with confidence, faith. Why? So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And this is, this is what's going to transition us to this next part. So that verse one more time. So let us approach God's throne of grace with faith, with confidence, so that we may receive mercy. Mercy means compassion and or forgiveness. So when we have faith, we will receive. So we have faith, we will receive, something will come to us. We will receive compassion. We will receive forgiveness and find favor, unmerited favor, right? To help, so favor that we didn't earn, grace that empowers us to help us in our time of need. All right, so I wanted us, this, I read Hebrews 4 because it really is setting a foundation for what we're going to look at. My second point is, so how does the word of God help us grow in faith? And I'm, I want to go back to that, the soul and spirit being divided. And this is what I put here. So we, we enter God's rest by faith. We know that that was verse three. So now who have believed entered that rest, just as God had said. So how do we, we enter his rest by faith. So let's look at this faith. We are all given a measure of faith when we receive Christ. That's Romans 12 and three. We're received a measure of faith. The Bible says that God has a portion to each of us, a degree, a measure of faith and a purpose designed for service. So we have this measure of faith. And then my second point from that was, so now that we have this measure of faith, hearing God's word by that faith that was given to us, Hearing his word by the measure of faith, faith we were given um, will produce more faith in us. So Romans 10, 17. So, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if we don't hear God's word, then we won't develop in our faith. So we have to hear God's word. 
we have to find time. We have to be intentional about hearing God's word, whether it's through our phones, whether it's through someone preaching, whether it's whatever, we have to hear it in order for our faith to grow. And then number three, I put, and our faith pleases God. It pleases him. Hebrews eleven six. but without faith, it is impossible to please him for he cometh for that. I mean, please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So our faith pleases God. So he's given me a measure of faith. I hear God's word and that produces more faith. And this faith that I have now pleases God. So if our faith is not growing, then we can't move anything. And faith does move things. It moves things. And we are going to look at that. But so my, my topic for today is faith moves God's compassion into action, but it's faith in Christ. Our faith moves God's compassion into action, but it's faith in Christ. And Christ He's the source of God's compassion. He's the source, all of it. And it's through the authority that was given to him. Matthew 28, 18 says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. So he was given that authority. So he's, he's the carrier, I guess, if, if you want to call that. He, he houses God's compassion. And so that, like I said at the beginning, so that question, does God care about my situation? Does God even know what I'm going through? Is he really compassionate towards me? The answer is yes, he is. His compassion is already made available to us. It was done on the cross. Jesus handled that. So everything that we need is already made available to us, but we have to get it to us by faith okay and so we're gonna go over turn with me to luke 5 so we're gonna start looking at um some examples of jesus how he how uh, he was moved by compassion okay well he was his compassion was moved by faith that's what we're gonna look at okay so luke 5 i'm gonna be reading out of the amplified if you have your if you have your phone you can just switch that over um from the nlt to the amplified and i think uh, I might go back to the NLT. I apologize for that, but I really, I like to parallel these, um, these, um, you know, different styles of reading. Okay. So here we go. Luke five, verse one and 20. Now it happened that while Jesus was standing by the lake of the sea of Galilee with the people crowding all around him and listening to the word of God, that he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake. But the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. So they left. They gave up. They were cleaning up. They thought it was done. They thought it was over. You know, we tried. We did everything we could. It just didn't happen, right? So he, Jesus, got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little distance from the shore. And he sat down and began teaching the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a catch of fish. Look at this. Simon replied, master, we worked hard all night to the point of exhaustion and caught nothing in our nets. That was his soul talking. That was, that was really, he was discouraged. We, I'm exhausted. I've done all that I can do. I can't do no more. He, he did. He was, they were done. Like I said, they had left the boats. They were cleaning their nets. His soul spoke and said, I'm discouraged. I can't do this. I'm exhausted. I've caught nothing, but this is the part, but at your word, I will do as you say and lower the nets again. And I, the Amplified has again. So that's like, I'll do it again. I already did it once, but I'll go ahead and do it again. But when he said, but at your word, that was his spirit speaking. So his soul said, I'm exhausted. But his spirit said, but at your word, I will. He obeyed him. He obeyed him. Why? Because I put 
faith evidenced by obedience. What we read in, in Hebrews 4, it was unbelief evidenced by disobedience. So their disobedience showed that they had unbelief. But Peter's obedience was evidence that he had faith. He didn't know how it was going to happen, but he was, he did it. I believe he did it. When, when God tells you to do something, you don't always know how it's going to get done, but because you believe in him, you're going to go ahead and do it. And you doing it is evidence of your faith. So him going out there and doing what God's uh, doing, what Christ told him to do was evidence of his faith. Right. And so, and then I love, like I said, that his, how his, his soul spoke. But the word of God, when Jesus said, what did he say? He said, um, Peter, go out into the deep water and lower your nets. So when the word spoke, who Jesus is the word, when the word spoke, it divided the soul from the spirit. My soul was discouraged. My soul is exhausted. My soul can't take this no more. My soul, I can't go another day. I'm tired. I'm angry. I'm offended. I'm whatever. But when the word came, my spirit says, I will. Despite of how my soul feels, I will worship you. Despite of how my soul feels, I will give you my best. I will follow you. I will do what you say again and again and again and again because I have faith in you. Oh, that's so good. So verse six, when they had done this so that they were obedient, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were at the point of breaking. They entered into the rest of God. They didn't have to do, all they had to do was what he told them to do. They didn't have to cast them. They didn't have to do all that extra work that they, I mean, and then it says it was double. Let me not, let me not, I'm getting excited. Let me slow down. Verse seven. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both of the boats with fish so that, um, so that they began to sink. So they got double of a catch. And all they had to do was have faith and be obedient and what Jesus had told them. And he blessed them double for that. Oh, that's so good. Verse eight, but when Simon Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, go away from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. So that was his soul talking again because he didn't see that he was worthy of this. And he was like, I, I, I don't deserve this. Go, just leave me, leave me alone. And, and so what happens? And so um, Verse nine, for he and all his companions were completely astounded at the catch of the fish, which they had taken. And so were James and John, son of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon Peter. Jesus said to Simon, have no fear for now, because we know fear. So it was his soul. His soul was fearful. Have no fear. For now on, you will be catching men. And after they had bought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him, becoming his disciples, believing and trusting in him and following his example. So Jesus' compassion was moved by their faith. Their faith moved Christ's compassion into action. He knew that they were discouraged. He knew that they wanted to catch fish. He cared. He cared about the fish. Yes, he cares about the little things just as much as he cares about the big things. But their faith, which was shown out through their obedience, it moved, it moved Christ's compassion into action and it blessed them. Let's continue to, let's go to verse 12. While Jesus was in one of the cities, there came a man covered with an advanced case of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean and well. You can. I underlined you can. That's faith. It wasn't uh, maybe you can. It wasn't, it wasn't doubtful. That was confidence. You can. I know you can, but I love this. Lord, if you are willing. Now we got to catch that because it has to line up to God's will. If he is willing to do it, it can be done. If it is his will for you to go there, it's going to happen. He can make it happen. That's faith. And I love that. So it says, you can make me clean and well. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing, 
be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. So his faith moved Christ's compassion into action because he said, Lord, if you are willing, you can heal me. That is faith. And because of that faith, it moved, it moved Christ's compassion into healing him. And that's what he wants to see. Oh, that's good. Okay. We're going to skip down to Luke 5, 17. Verse 17, one day as he was teaching, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present with him to heal. So compassion was available. It was already available. Christ had, he, he, he was in it. It was present. It was ready. So men came carrying on a stretcher, a man who was paralyzed. And they tried to bring him in and lay him down in front of Jesus, but finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd. They went up on the roof and removed some towels to make an opening and lowered him through the towels with his stretcher into the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their active faith, so when Jesus saw their active faith springing from confidence in him. And remember, we just read in Hebrews 4, come, um, come to the, um, what does this say? Approach the throne of grace with confidence, with faith. So here it is. Jesus saw their active faith springing from confidence in him. He said, man, your sins are forgiven. So he saw their faith and their faith moved Christ's compassion into action. So what happened? Let's go down to verse 24. He said to the paralyzed man, I say to you, get up, pick up your stretcher and go home. He immediately stood up before them, picked up his stretcher, went home glorifying and praising God. So our faith can move Christ's compassion into action. Okay, so I hope this is good for y'all. We're going to keep going. Now we're going to move over to Mark 5. We're going to go back to the NLT. Mark 5. And we're going to go to verse 21. Verse 21. Mark 5, verse 21. Okay. Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went to him and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. So she was suffering. Remember, compassion is, is having sympathy for those who suffered. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors and over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. So her efforts and her works did not work. She tried. She tried to do everything in her power. Have you done, have you been there where you tried to do everything in your power? And it's like, Lord, I've done this. Look, look I've, I've done all I can do. I can't do no more. You're going to have to take this. I, I'm, I've gone to, I've gone to my end. Well, that was her. She tried everything. She paid, she looked for doctors and, and it says she actually got worse, but she had heard about Jesus. She had heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd, touched his and touched his robe. So that's active faith. And and um, I was talking to my son the other day about so um, at in that day being unclean, you couldn't even be amongst people. Women who were bleeding, they were considered unclean. They didn't want they didn't even want you in the crowd. She didn't care about that. She wanted to touch his robe. She wanted to get to Jesus. She heard about him. And remember, faith comes by hearing. So she heard about him and she wanted to touch him. So she went through the crowd and touched him. So she had faith for she thought to herself, if I could just touch his robe, I will be healed. Now, I love that. Now, that's some faith right there, because it's not maybe he'll heal me. Maybe I'll get better. Maybe, uh, you know, or if. If, 
maybe maybe if I do this, then it will happen. No, I know that if I touch him, I will not. It won't, but I will. I will. I will. I will. And that's the type of thing. That's the type of faith we need to have. I will. If I if I go before the throne of grace and I spend time with my daddy and I read his word and I have relationship with him, I know I will experience his healing. I know I will experience his deliverance. I know that he will speak to me. I know that he will guide me. I know that's the type of uh, the spirit that you got to have that tenacity, that faith. That's the type of faith that you have to have. And I love that. She said, I will be healed. No, don't tell me I ain't going to be healed. I'm going to be healed. That's like my mom's like that. She's like, I don't care what these doctors say. I know I'm going to be healed. I know God's going to come through with me. That's what you have to have. And that's what she had. And so verse nine, immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out. So compassion in motion, right? His healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman trembling at the realization of what had happened to her. That shows me that there was a difference between the soul and the spirit because her soul probably wouldn't have done that. You know, it's just like when that holy boldness get upon you, you do stuff that you never thought you can do. So clearly that's what she was walking in. She came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well go in peace. Your suffering is over. So she approached God with faith and she received his compassion, his mercy, his healing, because God's healing for us is his compassion. And so she received God's compassion through Christ and her faith moved Christ's compassion into action. And I, I love that. And that's where it says, let us approach God's throne of grace with faith so that we can receive. So everything that you need is made available to you, but you have to have faith. You have to believe. I'm going to believe that God will come through for me. I believe that God cares. I don't care how crazy this thing looks. I know that he is God, that he loves me, that I am his child, that he's going to provide, that he's going to make a way, that he is more than enough. I know that. And it can't just be lip service. It has to be in your heart. And it's more than you just saying it. If you're not getting into God's word, your faith is not going to meet you at that time where it's time for your faith to be in action. She, her faith was in action. She could have just said, okay, yeah, I have faith that he's going to heal me, but she stood on the side. She stood where all the unclean people were supposed to be. No, she said, I know he will heal me. So I'm going to press through her faith, moved her through that crowd, touched the Messiah and she got healed. And that's the type of faith that we have to carry. That's the type of faith that, that makes demons flee. I'm getting ahead of myself. That's so good. Okay. Let's go over to Matthew 8. Matthew 8, we're going to start at verse 5, verse 5. All right, here we go. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him. So that's faith in action. He came to Jesus. I don't know about you, but if you, you know, you think about a child or, or anybody, really, if you think that if you only really approach somebody that you really think has what you need. You don't go to McDonald's to get money out of McDonald's. You go to a bank to get money out of a bank. So you go to where that source is. So the fact that he went to him and pleaded to him, knew he knew that what I need is in Christ. And so I'm going to go to him. So he went to him. Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain and suffering. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. There it is again, speaking in faith. So not just he acted in faith and he spoke in faith. You know, before you can see that thing manifest, you better speak that thing. You keep speaking in faith. I know I'm going to move and do what God is telling me to do in faith. And while I'm moving, 
I know you will. God, I know you will. Up, oh, you get a phone call. There's a bill due. God, I know you will. God, I know you will. Because I know that's what you told me. God, oh, girl, you can't do that. God, I know you will. God, I know you will. Then your soul, girl, man, what you doing? You are not bold enough to do that. You ain't qualified. God, I know, because that's your soul, but your spirit. God, I know you will. God, I know you will. So you move in faith and you speak in faith and you will see something move on your behalf. Okay? So, um, just say the word. So he's the servant says, just say the word from where you are. My servant will be healed. Verse nine. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officer and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. So our faith gets his attention. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And I tell you this, that what that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from the east and the west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast of the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those from whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why? Because of unbelief. They didn't believe. They didn't believe that a Messiah can come the way that he did. They didn't believe in his teaching, yet it was prepared for them. And that, that's what we were reading. If you go to Hebrews 3 and back to 4, God had prepared a place of rest for his children. They can't enter because of unbelief. But Gentiles, us, we will enter and we will sit in high places because of our faith. So verse 13, then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back home because you believed it has happened. And the young servant was healed from that hour. So his faith moved Christ's compassion into action. So faith moves, it moves. So whatever you need, God, don't think that your issue was too small for him. Don't think that it's, it's insignificant. Don't think that you're insignificant. I mean, that goes back to identity. We are children of God. We are heirs. He cares about us. And so what we need to do is just believe that he cares about us. Believe that he has everything that we need. And not just say it, but let it be who we are, what we do in our actions. Remember, our faith, faith evidenced by obedience. So when we act like we have faith, it shows that we have faith. Faith without works is dead. You can't say that you have faith, but you're not willing to move on that faith because faith moves. We just saw it. Faith moves things. Let's go to Matthew. Let's look at that, how faith moves. Let's look at Matthew 17, and we're going to go back to the Amplified. I told you I'm going back and forth. <laughs> so Matthew 17, we're going to start at verse 18 in the Amplified. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the boy was healed at once. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and asked, why can we not drive it out? He answered, because of your little faith, your lack of trust and confidence in the power of God. So you can't do certain things because of your lack of faith, because of the little faith you have and the lack of trust in God, confidence in the power of God. A lot of times we we do things out of our confidence. We if I don't if I don't feel confident in doing this, then I'm not going to do it. Well, that's really not faith. Sometimes God just want to see you move, and He will supernaturally give you boldness to do something that you never thought you can do. And that I tell, at least for me, that builds my confidence. It makes me like, it, it, it kind of becomes a milestone. Oh God, I remember when you did that. Oh God, I remember when you came through or when you used me to do that. You learn how he moves in your life. You learn how he shows up. Okay, so where were we? Uh, then the disciples came, yeah. Why? So he says, because of your little faith, your lack of trust, your confidence in the power of God, for I assure you and most solemnly say to you, if you have living faith, so living Living faith, that means it's moving, right? Anything that is alive is moving, it's growing or it's expanding or whatever. So if you have living faith, 
the size of a mustard seed. That is small. You will say to this mountain, move from here to there. And I love this. If it is God's will, that is very important. If it is God's will, it will move and nothing, nothing will be impossible for you. Oh, I love that. If it is God's will. So how do you know if it's God's will? Relationship, prayer, worship, spending time with him, learning how to hear his voice. That's how you know if it's his will. He gives you his peace. So if you're disturbed, if you don't have a peace about a thing, I don't think that's God's will because God is not the author of confusion. So he gives you peace, but you have relationship with him. So you know how to hear his voice. You know, like I know sometimes, you know, I get this little thing in my stomach when he wants me to say something. I know that now. I didn't know that at first. I thought I was just, you know, having some sort of anxiety or something. But I now know that when that thing is turning, when I hear truth and my stomach start turning, I know oh, God wants me to say something. But that comes through relationships. So we spend time with God and he tells us what his will is. And so our faith with his will, whatever, it will move. A mustard, a, a size of a mustard seed will move a mountain and nothing will be impossible. Nothing. So you spend time with God and he says, you're going to have that house. And this is my testimony. You're going to have that house. Okay. Well, I was actually prophesied, my husband and I, they said, and I, I don't like to make the Bible study about me, but I, this is for God's glory. So I'm going to share this one. But my husband and I were at church. A prophet came that we had never heard of. He called us out, brought us on the stage and said, that five bedroom home, God says it's done. And we're like, okay. Now that was months ago. And then we came into a situation where we needed a home and I went back to that word. God said it. Now, I don't take every prophet's word as it, that ain't, you know, that's just me. We did a Bible study about that. But in that moment, I took it and I didn't speak against it because you got to be careful what you say. So I received it. I received it. And I didn't know what in the world he was talking about because we didn't need a home at that time. So I was just like, okay, but I sure not did not speak against that thing. I just grabbed it and I'm going to hold on to it. But then when we needed a home, the Lord said, remember that word? And I recorded it. So I went back, I listened to it. I'm like, oh, it was said to me. So then I had to hold on. So now my faith, okay, God, you said it, I'm going to believe it. And then it was like, we need you, we need you to show this. We need you guys to show that. And I'm like, what well, is, you know, my soul, this ain't adding up, but God, you said it, you said it. So I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to hold on to it. And I am sitting in this very home that, that the Lord said I was going to have, because at that point, his word with my faith, it, I don't care what the devil would have tried. It would not have happened because the word says, and nothing will be impossible. So you spend time with God. And he says, I want you to take this job and you line your faith lines up with it. And you go in the interview and they say, I'm sorry, you just not qualified. You better walk out of there and say, God, you already said, I ain't gonna worry about it. They gonna, I don't know how it's gonna happen, but I'm gonna be on that job because your word said, and what does it say? And nothing will be impossible. You will get that phone call. Why? Because you're in alignment now with God. He spoke and your faith came in it and it moved that thing so that you can receive it. It was already there because he said it's there, but you had to open yourself and become that vessel to receive his blessing and speak, get, and speak on it and walk in it, right? Start, you go out and you start getting the clothes that you need for that job and you start getting your schedule together. You act on it. If God told you to move somewhere and you don't know how it's going to happen, or if he told you you're going to get this car or you're going to have a baby, whatever it is, but it can't be from you. It has to be from him. And he knows, he knows if I want, if you want this child or if you need this home or if you need, he knows, he knows how important it is to you. But more importantly, we should want his will. We should want your will to be done, God, because I know if it's your will, then no matter what comes my way, 
nothing is gonna stop me. No matter what bad news, no matter what distraction, no matter what trying to devil and demon tries to do whatever they gonna do, ain't nothing gonna, ain't not gonna hit me because I'm covered in the, I'm covered by the grace of God and I'm being obedient. And I know that my obedience is going to please you. I know my obedience is gonna have blessings come my way because I am in alignment with you. I am abiding in your word. I am trusting you. I'm not trusting me because I know in our flesh, we come up with great ideas, especially if you're a creative, you have great ideas. I mean, oh, I should do this. Oh, I should do that. And that's why God's word will help us be able to decipher our soul and our spirit and you'll grow. See, that's, that's my soul. That's my soul. Let me calm down because I know that this is how God speaks. I know how it feels when God is talking to me, despite of how scary it may be. See, when God tells you to do something and fear is present, let me tell you here, there's a boldness that will look that fear in the face and say, okay, yeah, I feel it. I feel it. You may have your moments because you're human. You're going to be like, oh, Lord Jesus, oh, Lord Jesus. But the grace of God is going to empower you and is going to push you into the things that he wants you to be in. But if you don't have faith, you will not be able to walk that thing out because the things that God has called us to do is for his glory. So it's going to be things that may seem so impossible to you, but with God, all things are possible, not with self, with him, all things are possible. So every need, every sickness, every circumstance, God has compassion for you. He cares about you, but there's a way that he wants to get glory through that and you have to do it his way so that he can get the glory. So sometimes you got to just shut everybody else off. If you don't know the answer, don't call Susie and Joe and Howard and, and, and all them people. Don't ask. They, they can tell you what they may feel and they can give you direction. But God, he wants you to come to him because eventually as you grow in him, you're going to be able to tell other people how to have a relationship with him. And he don't move in a life like he moved in your life. We all have different relationships with God, but he is the same God because he knows, see Tia hardheaded. So I'm going to have to take her this way, but this person, you know, they get a little scared about this. So I'm going to take, he's mindful of us. He cares about us. He has compassion towards us, but he needs our faith. Our faith allows us to, to receive, receive his compassion, to be the vessel, to be used by him. My God, my God. Okay, so, and I wanted to read this. This was an insert in the Bible. It said, Jesus used this moment. So he's talking about where it says, because you have little faith, um, for I assure you, most solemnly say to you, if you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. So what we were just talking about, but it says, um, in agreement with God's will. And this is what it said. Jesus used this moment to emphasize to the disciples that a person's confidence, so their faith, so confidence, abiding faith combined, I love this, combined with God's power can produce absolutely amazing results. If the request is in harmony with God's will. So we talked about that. So when you hear people say, you know, well, your faith can get you whatever you want, that ain't true. Because if it does not line up with God's will, let me, let me continue reading. Let me, okay, let me read this. If the request is in harmony with God's will, God is fully capable because it's in his will now. It lines up with his will. God is fully capable of doing that which man regards as impossible. So I don't care how bad the doctor report is. Go to God and you seek him and say, what is your will? You know, I, I let me keep an eye on my time. I remember last year, wait, I don't know what year it is now. Was it last year? Uh, well, two years ago, I, was, I miscarried twins. And in that moment, I had some confusion because of what I had heard in my past that you have faith then anything can happen. And so I just, I said, I have faith, God, I have faith. I believe, I believe, I believe. And one day we're a worshiping family. Like we, my, my husband plays, I, I worship, sing, my kids sing. So we were, and I, I came home from the doctor and they were just like, it's not looking good. And so I'm still believing. So we had a night of worship in my home. And while my husband was worshiping, I started crying and 
I heard in my spirit that I needed to surrender and I surrendered and my prayer went from God, you're going to do this to God, let your will be done. And a peace came upon me and I knew it was as if he was starting to prepare my heart and I became, I got at peace about whatever the situation was. So it was, it was no longer about, I'm going to have, I was, I was like obsessed. I'm going to have these twins. I'm going to have these twins. It went from that to God. I just want your will to be done. I just want your will to be done. And when I lost the twins, I learned such a valuable lesson that it wasn't that God didn't care about me, but he, he had a will for me. And he wanted me to be okay with it. And I will never know why. It might, I might have lost my life during that. I don't know. I don't know. There's things that are above us that we can't try to figure out. But I had to trust him. And I learned that it's not to just go to God like he's Santa Claus and to tell him what I want. It's for me to say, God, I'm a vessel. What do you want to do through me? How do you want to do it? And I learned that. And it blessed my life to the point that this year, I lost a baby that had to be taken out of me. My 2021 started with me having to get a surgery to remove a child from my womb. I was not prepared for that. But I tell you what, my faith was so much stronger at that point because I had learned that it's God's will. It's his will. And the doctor, she was like, are you, are you okay? I mean, you probably should, should go through therapy and you know talk to somebody. And I said, I'm, I'm actually fine. I really am fine because I have learned to trust God. I hadn't even shared this testimony with anybody. Only close friends know what I went through, but I want my will to line up with God's will. I don't, I don't, it's not about me. I want him and I want what he has because what does the word say? When you are obedient and you keep my commands, ask whatever you want and you will receive, but you have to be obedient and it has to line up with what he says and you will receive it. So that's good. Okay, and another example of faith moves before we close, Luke 17, Luke 17. We're gonna start at verse five, Luke 17, verse five. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith, our ability to confidently trust in God and in his power. And the Lord said, if you have confident abiding faith in God, even as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, which has been, which has very strong roots. So no matter how rooted it is, no matter how impossible the situation looks, no matter how loud the devil was trying to talk, it says, you can say to this mustard, to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by its roots and be planted into the sea. And if the request was in agreement with the will of God, it would have obeyed you. So faith moves. Faith that lines up, that is in agreement, that is submissive to the will of God, it will move whatever is standing in your way. It will move and it will move God. The faith that you have will move God's compassion into action into your life. And unbelief stops it. And there was a scripture, I can't remember oh, what it, I want to say it's Mark 4, Mark 6, I think. Um, and I, I have it here, but I don't actually, I'm just going to read, um, I'm going to tell you what it's talking about. It was when Jesus had returned back to Nazareth and, you know, it says the prophet is not even received in his own home. And in it, and he wanted to do miracles in that city. But it says, and because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles. Jesus, he couldn't do any miracles because of their unbelief to heal them. He wanted to do it. And he only, what is, he only like did a few, he laid his hands on a few people to be healed, but what he wanted to do, how he wanted to move, he could not do it because of unbelief. So what you want, what you are asking God for, or you want to see God move in your life, you have to believe him. You have to believe that he cares. You have to believe that he has an answer. You have to believe that he wants to see you succeed. He doesn't want to see you fail, 
But more than anything, he wants to see your faith because your faith says, I believe in you, God. I trust in you, God. I know that you are for me. It reminded me of when I read in Deuteronomy, you know, you think about the children of Israel, like I said, they got to a place where I was, I was reading somewhere in there where um, God was saying that they had tested me. I was faithful, yet their hearts were hard towards me. And one day I was like, I was like, oh my God, is that me? Like, do I do that? And it started making me think about all the times that God has been faithful. All the times that he had came through. And I know it's for you too. All the times that God has been faithful to you. All the times that he worked things out that seemed impossible. That when you didn't think you were going to have food on your table, but you did not skip a meal. Even if your lights did go out, they came back on. God has always taken care of you. And I looked at that and I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, God, you've done all this for me. Because, you know, when you read it, you like, the children of Israel, like, look at what God has done. And it was like, wait a minute. Look at what God has done for me. So why do I doubt him? Why do I not trust that he will come through? It doesn't matter how small or big the situation. He is the same God. He is faithful even when I am not. And that, that hit me. And I remember after reading that, I went to the Lord and I repented. And I said, from this day forward, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe. And when my soul tries to act up, I'm going to say, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. Help my soul. I'm going to command. What did David say? Command your soul. So when your soul tries to get fearful, when your soul tries to tell you God ain't going to come through, when your soul tries to tell you you're not qualified, you're not good enough, it's not going to happen. You command your soul. Tell your soul to shut up. I know God loves me. I believe God. I will trust him. I am confident in who he is, not in myself, but who he is. And as long as I'm abiding in him, then he is going to be in me and I'm going to grow through what the Holy Spirit that's in me will produce good fruits. Know that, speak the word of God. And, and I, I mean, it, it really changed, it changed my life when I thought about that. And I, and, I, and I had to change the way that I was thinking, change the way that I'm responding. There's still times that we get afraid. We're human. We're going to feel things. He understands that, but he's given us such great resources. He gives, he's gave us the word. He's given us his, his presence, his power. He's given us the Holy Spirit and he's given us a measure of faith. We all have it. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to be the one with the talents that just store it away? Are you going to go out and, and let it grow? This faith that you have, use it to experience God's compassion over your life. Because I tell you what, there is where you will find your rest. That is the rest of God. So you don't have to toil to try to make things happen. You don't have to run yourself ragged and, and go into the grave early to try to make things in this life happen for you. Trust him, rest in him because Jesus has already done it. He's already done it. And let that be your conviction. I have decided to follow Jesus. I'm not going back to the place where I got to toil, while I got to work, while I got to suffer. When God has said I can rest in him, why do I want to go back to that? I don't want to be like the children of Israel. I don't want to go back into, into poverty and into being a slave. I am free. I have decided to follow Jesus and no turning back. No turning back. It, it, oh, oh my God, that's good. Come on, y'all, give him a praise. Give him a praise right now. Woo. Mm, let that be. Let that be what you have decided. Let that be your will. Let that be your testimony. Let's tell the world that they don't have to toil and try to earn and try to work. If they receive Christ, then they can rest and they can see God move in their situation. They can see God move. And so next week, now we're gonna talk about, now that we understand how God had compassion for us and put Jesus on the cross, which is what we pretty much talked about last week. And now that we understand that his compassion is made available to us, now we have to be the hands and feet of Jesus. 
We can't do that if we don't have compassion for others. It's time for us to really be the church. It's time for us to show the compassion that we have received. It's time for us to give it now. And I don't care what people have gone through. And, and I tell you what, this, this word, it has checked me. I'm, I'm praying now, God, give me more compassion. I want to be able to, to not go into a situation with judgment and push people away. We should be leading them to the cross, leading them, not with our opinions, not with our judgments, none of that. We're supposed to love. And it's not our love, it's our love that is produced from our relationship with God. His love overflowing out of us now can show compassion and our compassion shall now should be moved into action. So we are gonna look at that next week. Y'all be in prayer with me so that I, I could not be like, oh, this is good. Ooh, I, you know, there's so much in the word and I'm like, Holy Spirit, I wanna make sure that I bring exactly what you want me to say. but. I pray that this was good. I really do. Um, and so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that next week. So I hope.